At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, this is Blue State Rob, and you're listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, a show hosted by a liberal Republican whose ancestry dates back to the small country of Armenia and fueled by bouts of anxiety and adult attention hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD. It's not the best, but still better than radio. Anyway, here's your host, Eric Zane. out of Portland, Maine on the guitar. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody. Oh my gosh. Uh, As you know, this is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures Monday through Friday right here. Wash, rinse, repeat for just over three years in one month. Unbelievable. Oh my God, where to begin? First of all, let me just get the uh, formalities out of the way. The the uh, things that keep Eric employed, and that is uh, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. That's where you find the live as it happens version of the show. This is my version of live radio, except it's on the internet. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live on the Twitch stream, which is brought to you by Irvine's auto repair, Grand Rapids hybrid and EV. It, you get the good, the bad and the ugly because more often than not, when things go stupid, uh, on the audio podcast that I upload later on and downloadable wherever you download podcasts, and I'm going to clean that up. It's somewhat, if there's a major meltdown, I'm going to edit it out. You know, but here live, I mean, it's like you're on a tightrope with no net. You're like one of the Walendas. That's a reference some of you may get, some of you may not. The tightrope walking Walendas, the whole family has been walking on tightropes, generation to generation. There was one guy who was doing it in somewhere in South America. I think it was Grandpa Walenda. 
And there's video of him falling to his death. Incredible. Anyway, that's me. Except I don't fall to my death. Sometimes it feels like it, but no. So that's what's going on on Twitch. So if you could, while you're listening to this podcast, or if you just happen to be checking it out on Twitch, hit the follow button. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Oh, my God. What a weekend as we do this from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland. And, uh, got a cup of coffee here. Hang on. I got to finish this. Well, actually, it's still super hot, so I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it that quickly. It's like that scene in... Uh, Pulp Fiction. They kept referring to how good the coffee was when they went to uh, Quentin Tarantino's character in the house. Great scene. And then uh, Harvey Keitel drinks the coffee. There's blood all over the place. Like, I'm not sure who my favorite filmmaker is. Scorsese, Tarantino, or uh, Christopher Nolan. But the thing about Christopher Nolan films is it takes you about 15 years to figure out what the fuck you just saw. Never was that more evident. That has never been more evident than in the film Tenet. T-E-N-E-T. I, I don't, I just know everybody moves backwards. It's just so fucked up. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I mean, though I, from the very, from the drop, you don't know what the fuck is going on. That's not the first time he's done that to me. What was that one movie where the guy had the tattoos all over him? In, no, not Inception. Did you do Inception? I think you did Inception. I don't know, man. Memento. Ah! <laughs> all right. How the hell did I get on that? It's going to be like that all day today. Seriously. My mind is just like, I had a great weekend. I mean, seriously. I hope you did too. So, yeah, I talked on Friday about how I've got, I am set up for some serious work to be done downstairs. Hockey game Friday night, slept in. Uh, Saturday, let's do this, you know. Uh, I've talked about how there's all of these pieces of door casing, you know, like uh, what goes around the outside of the door, that's the door casing, and then trim that... This entire basement is a lot of room. There's, you know, probably a hundred uh, uh, pieces of wood that have to be prepared to be painted. I'm uh, recycling them. So I popped them all off and eventually that room's going to get painted. So uh, this is all part of the process. And it's taken me forever. Two years. Two years. So, oh my God. Talk about being set up beautifully. 
and I've said it before, but this, I was actually down there and I had a piece of sandpaper in my hand. Okay. Now this is exactly how this unfolded. I'm, I have the uh, piece of wood and I'm doing my thing, sanding away. And uh, I start sanding this piece of wood. And uh, I'm looking at this, this mount. I've gotten, I've probably halfway through what I need to get done. Still plenty to do. And I'm not kidding you. The very first piece of wood, Diana, who had been just a dynamo. I mean, it, it's remarkable. I mean, she's like working and vacuuming. I'm like, what, boy, what has gotten into her? What is, what is she? I mean, normally she kind of relaxes on the weekend. She works all week. Why doesn't she relax? Come on. Let's kick that can down the road. But she's vacuuming. I'm like, oh God, this is, this is my cue. I better get going. And she's, and I know she means business because she's, uh, like cleaning the house. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I got to clean this. I go, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. Well, if you're going to work, I'm going to work. She like even lights a candle. It smells all nice in the house. I'm downstairs and uh, she goes, hey, honey. Yes, Pooh Bear. Uh, Patriot Nick is trying to get in touch with you. I go, he is. Uh, so I look at my phone and I... I I don't see anything. And I go, what, what, what's going on? She goes, yeah, um, I don't know what it is. He just reached out to me. He said he's having a hard time getting a hold of you. So I'm like, well, that sounds about right. I mean, sometimes that happens. Plus, I'm downstairs, so whatever. I call him. Hey, buddy. Nick, what's up? How are you? Oh, not bad. Not bad. And uh, he, I'm like, a burden of conversation. You know, I'm waiting for him to tell me. One of the Zaniacs is dead. And I'm I'm not kidding you. That's what I thought. I was like, boy, if he's trying to reach me on the weekend like that and he doesn't, you know, there, there's usually, a, it, it must be something serious or he really, or something's going on. I, I couldn't quite place it. Hang on. Then the hand starts to be revealed. The poker hand starts to be revealed because Diana says, while I'm on the phone with Nick, she goes, someone's at the door. Someone's at the door and I'm scared. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm walking up the steps and I'm like, I go over to the door and I look out the window. Portland, Maine's finest. Patriot Nick is at my door. What? And I flipped. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? What is going on here? And uh, then his lovely better half, Ashley, comes around the corner. She's shooting video. I think some of you have even seen that video. I believe it's published on uh, Zaniacs United. And then I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like touching him. I'm like, you're real. You're real. He, okay. This has been in the works. Uh, unbeknownst to your old pal, Eric. Uh, the, the plan was made uh, for Nick and Ashley to come all the way to Michigan, which during this crazy weather is a struggle to get anywhere. And the a whole plan has been made. And then uh, initially they were going to meet at Bosco's Pub at uh, on on Friday, which we did that before, and that was awesome. That was a great great event. But uh, the travel plans got wonky, so that didn't work out. So they went to Plan B. This is the Plan B. So oh my god, I I was just like, holy shit, come on in. And then, uh, so, you know, the, uh, uh, Pellerito's there. Pellerito's, uh, he's involved in this too. A lot of people were involved in this. So you all kept it a secret. Everybody, all the, all the usual suspects, uh, were in on it. And now the plan is 
okay, let's hang out and have a pizza party. So I'm like, and then Nick is like, oh my God, you were working on your basement. You were sanding. Oh man, Diana's going to kill me. And I'm like, ah, she, sorry, she's waited two years. She can wait a little longer. So they, uh, we all sat down and just shot the shit. The dogs went crazy. And uh, it was, oh my God, it was just spectacular. Ordered pizza. They ordered, folks ordered pizza. I forgot. I think Pellerito bought the pizza. It was a, it was a rush to who could pay for it first. These people are like so incredible. And uh, it, I, I, I'll say this outside before I started the podcast, this is important for me to point out. It's probably the most important thing I'm going to say all day. Before I started the podcast, I had probably one person who was close to me outside of my family. His name is Jimmy fast. Jimmy since then, I have an unbelievable armada of very, very close friends. And you just kind of like, just like you kind of uh, forced me into podcasting. I, I tell you what, I have really taken to this. And it's, uh, I didn't have a choice. You are the closest, sweetest, friendliest, most fun people and my dear friends. And I am just so thankful for you. It, uh, you're like, we're going to be your friends and that's the end of it. And you're going to like us and we're going to love you and you're going to love us. And you're right. That's exactly how it worked out because I couldn't be more comfortable than having you do what you did. Because I, I will tell you that if this had been back when I was on the radio, when, um, my audience wasn't nearly as close to me as they are now, as I keep you now by choice, because I want you there. I would be I would be crawling out of my skin by a visit like this. But this couldn't have felt more right and normal. And so I'm just very, very appreciative of that to have people that are so close to me. And and I'm talking about all of you. <clears throat> and if you're like, well, I'm not really that close to them, well, what's keeping you? What's keeping you from doing that? Because you know I'm not gonna turn that away. That type of love and appreciation that you've shown. Uh, my family and I is uh, become the norm, and I'm very, very comfortable with it. So thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for being so sweet to us. So that was like the nicest thing um, to have someone fly halfway across the country and then everybody make all these amazing plans because the day was not done. Oh, no. No, it was not. And I'll tell you, I'm like, then Megan bangs on the door, and then it's like, oh, my, well, come on in. Jesus, here you go. Um, so we had Megan, Mike, Pellerito. We had Ashley and Nick. Pooh Bear was here, but she left because she had to go take care of Cece, Jackie's dog. Mike Ball dropped by. He was in on this nonsense. Brought some wonderful confection treats from Little Debbie. Thank you very much. And uh, that was it. We're having our pizza party. And then uh, I said, hey, uh, I have to go upstairs. I have to go voice track. I had a voice track for uh, the oldie station because I was on from six to 10, wait, six to midnight on Saturday. And as I've described to you before on this radio station, I just sit right here, hit, hit a button to make this mic work. And I'm recording on the air segments. Uh, that's the old voice tracking. Well, I go, well, I got to run upstairs. So you're in charge. So they're like, you know, serving Kevin food and taking care of the NFK. And it couldn't have felt more right. You know? And so I just, I just leave. I come, I finished that task. Cause I actually had to get that done. 
That was the only thing I had to do. Everything else, I said, oh, fuck it, I'm not doing it. And then uh, I came downstairs, and uh, I go, you guys want some booze? Diana's got a whole bunch of shit here. I don't even know what it is, but I know she has booze in this house. And Megan said, I, I looked already, <laughs> which is just classic. That is classic Megan. And uh, But no, they didn't. they didn't get after the booze. And you know, it's probably a good thing. Because, boy, as the night went on, they did plenty of that. Because had they started then, they'd be dead. After what I saw, as the evening unfolded, holy shit. Oh! Okay. We're just scratching the surface on the events that took place. During the um, impromptu, the... Zaniac party that happened that just the the party showed up and off we go. Okay. If you couldn't make it, I'm sorry. There'll be more. We are planning a blowout. And here's the thing. Uh, last year we did a blowout in my backyard. And that was the one um, where crazy Connie showed up from Nashville uh, sweet Jessica and Melinda brought this sick bitch along with them named Connie, who, if I hadn't been so oblivious, it would have wrecked my time and made it very uncomfortable. But in that blowout that we had, I noticed that this woman that Jessica and Melinda brought was extremely... Uh, uh, a sassy and mouthy to me and, and giving me a hard time about everything, about how I was cooking the food, about how I was building the campfire. And I thought, now I've, I've witnessed this type of behavior before. I tend to draw it out in people who, people who bust my balls because I do it all the time. And uh, I just thought it was her way of being silly because I did not take it personally at all. When this Connie lady visited me with my dear friends, Jessica and Melinda. And so, you know, I honestly, it didn't bug me at all. In fact, she gave me a hug when she left. I said, well, I'm so glad you came. Thank you for visiting. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to meet you. And, and off she went. And then I find out later on that all of that was like legit. And she does hate me. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up because I gave her a hug and she seemed, wow, that's, now, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When, when I have people that um, don't like me because of things I say into a microphone, uh, and then I meet them in person, and they realize that I am not an animal, I usually win them over. I have had this happen many, many times, where because of dumb shit that I say on this show, they, they don't like me. But after a conversation and we have a good time, they're like, Oh God, you were such an asshole. But what? I'll go, go, well, of course I'm an asshole. That's, that's the point. That's what you have to do. That's the only way to not have boring shit going into a microphone. Okay. I've been doing this a long fucking time. I know exactly what the fuck I'm doing. So of course I'm an asshole. What do you think? This is church chat. Fucking a, so that's what I chalk this up to. I find out after the fact, like a week later, that this woman hates my guts 
and continues to hate my guts. And I'm like, it's the weirdest fucking thing because I thought we had a nice give and take hamlet of fun. How could, huh? And then I hear because, uh, and again, if had they not said anything to me, I would never have known this because I thought everything was fine. I find out from the ladies that on the way up to Michigan from uh, Nashville, they were listening to me. And I think I was talking shit about Billie Eilish or some, something like that or saying she's a stupid bitch or I hate her or something like that. Um, that she got really bent out of shape and was bitching. It. I mean, it turned into a war between the ladies because they were saying, no, 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 you just got to get to know them. They were like defending me and she was not. And this turned into, they actually got into a fight in the car while they're driving up to Michigan. So bad so that uh, there was talk of one of them, or I forget all the details, or all of them, or some of them getting dropped off and flying back home. Oh, drop me off at the airport. What? But, holy shit. This was the bitch who I said wanted to play me in trivia or something like that because she's she thought she was smart as fuck. And I think she's book smart, but she's a fucking angry ass twat whore bitch cunt. Fuck her. Okay. So that was it. And I bring this all up because we are going to have a blowout this summer. It's going to be awesome in the backyard. And that was, that was, uh, and this is all part of like, um, again, it goes back to when I was on the radio. Um, there was always a wall between the audience and me. And, you know, it's kind of like um, when you don't know people really, it's difficult to, um, you know, what should I do? Should I have folks over? And, and you know, the 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 inner, inner circle of you have passed the sniff test. So you're all part of this uh, wonderful group to have this Zaniac party. And it's because of your uh, unbelievable support and you're just, I mean, and, and some of you are silent partners who are kind of quiet in the background, but uh, uh, please, please join in on the fun. I would love to have you. You know, you, you uh, a- after figuring out everybody's, um, uh, what, what makes every person tick, uh, at the end of the day, we have an unbelievable network of close friends, people that from different parts of the country, and they're they're all like, uh, you know, uh, together, and everybody's uh, friendly, and it's just uh, uh, such a deep relationship, and uh, I'm very very uh, happy for it. So this summer we will have uh, a pool party slash barbecue like we did last year, minus Connie, bonfire, y'all kind of hanging out in the backyard. It's just going to be fantastic. I am so excited about it. I'm promise to make a double batch of uh, meatballs and spaghetti because I know that though that went quite quickly at that party. We don't have the fine details of this party yet, but it's going to be bigger than last year. Okay. It's going to be bigger than last year. I know I'm coordinating this with the appearance of the Duchess of New Jersey. And, um, but I am uh, going to work uh, uh, in, in earnest to make sure that it is all there everything is uh set up ready to go and 
So uh, you all organized this past weekend. I had nothing to do with it. And um, there I am with uh, Nick. And one of the first things that I noticed when Nick was at the door, actually, before I get into that, let me just uh, quickly uh, point out that uh, in addition to Twitch, I would like you to do this as well. Follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. Also brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid NEV. I'm on Twitter, at Eric Zane Show. Please follow me on Twitter. Please, please, please. Brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And on YouTube. Search Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Follow me there. Bell notification. Thumbs up so you know if I go live. And that's brought to you by MyPolicyShop.com. Frank Fuss, licensed independent insurance agent. Stand by. So when I walked to the door and I saw Nick, you know, I'm in the house. He's down off the step. And I like, wow, oh my God. And then when he walks in the house, something else caught my attention. In addition to it just being Nick, he's little. And I did not expect that. Um, I, wow. What a little shit you are. Just a little fucking sawed off mole. And when you see him through Zoom or whatever, uh, uh, FaceTime uh, for all these years, I just didn't expect him to be such a little shit. He is a little buddy. I think he's like the exact same height as me. And I, I never think of myself as little. You know, I'm, uh, I have this Napoleon complex. I'm always like, I'm at, at least a six foot eight, the way I run my stupid mouth. But I'm looking at him like, I can't, and I'm, I'm actually, I actually, when he walked in, I was touching him. Like, you're, you're real. You're a person. And, uh, and I, I was just blown away at how little this fucker is. And then his lovely, his lovely wife, Ashley, she's teeny weeny too, but you know, whatever. It's a lady. Ladies, it's, you know, you, you expect them to be teeny weeny. So she's teeny weeny. It's like they're a sweet little teeny weeny uh, uh, main sh uh, shit kicker couple. And uh, into my house, off we go. We had the pizza with the pineapple on it. It was awesome. Thank you for that. What a combination that is. It's that that blast of sweetness on on the on the food it's it i hadn't had a, a pizza with pineapple on it in a long time but it, it's one of my favorites very underrated if you have not yet tried that you must um okay that's about it for the home thing and then the plan was off to the griffins game and this whole group had like a whole section of tickets and there was a number of folks there i'm gonna forget everyone who was there but off the top of my head, I remember Kevin Kuypers, Stevie, um, help me out. Adam and Michelle, the Schaefers, Marsha, Schaefers, uh, uh, well, that would be Andrea's mother. She was, she didn't even watch the hockey game. She was just looking for single men to take her home. Uh, Amanda, oh, Kyler, Mrs. Kyler, Josh Brown, Mendy Brown. Terry and Beth, Dean, thank you, Sebastian and Mike. Now I knew I knew they were there, but when I walked out onto the ice, I didn't uh, I didn't look. 
it kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> Amanda says, Diana, don't forget her. So then I go and I, I sit down at ice level and um, I, uh, I'm, I'm doing my introduction. And um, when I uh, welcome to Van Andel Arena, uh, the home of your Grand Rapids Griffins, Grand Rapids Griffins taking on the Ontario rain. Uh, hello, everyone. I am your PA announcer, Eric Zane. And I say that and I hear this roar of sound. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was reminded that they're that they're here. And then I actually said, the Zaniacs are in the house. And they roar again. It was a hell of a lot of noise. I heard you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was awesome. Uh, uh, 9,500 people were there. It was a packed house. Um, the Ontario rain, that is not Ontario, Canada. That is Ontario, California. They are the American Hockey League franchise that feeds the Los Angeles Kings. On that team is a legendary former Griffin by the name of Marty Furk, who Marty Furk has the hardest slap shot, not only in the American League, but also in the National Hockey League. And that is no lie. Somehow he has managed to take a puck and uh, figured out a way to shoot it harder than anybody else. And I've heard many goalies say this, that if he fires it, your only option is to just stand there and hope it hits you because you don't have the reaction time to see it or make a move. So you just stand there. And if he happens to have gotten it by you, well, then he scores. Okay. Uh, it was, it's been a long time since I saw Marty. So it was good to see him. He, uh, fortunately got a penalty at one time during the weekend and I had a chance to talk to him. So that was cool. But, um, there was another thing that I need to describe to you that happened in the game. And I actually have video of this on the Friday game before our big Zaniac outing, John Martin of the Griffins and Cameron Gauntz got into it. And it, uh, it turned out that it was um, just kind of, uh, it wasn't really a fight because they broke it up. But when they got to the penalty box, um, they started talking to each other through the plexiglass. Now, I am in the middle of that every time. I have visiting team to my right, home team to my left. And when they start to scream at each other, I hear it all. I'm right there. I mean, it hits me. The sound hits me before it hits them. And Gauntz is pissed off because, um, well, he's like, well, uh, uh, I, I guess there was a, a discussion like, uh, why didn't you fight? Why, we should have fought. And then um, uh, uh, Martin, I think, indicated that they were just like, uh, it wasn't really fighting. It was just shoving. And then Gauntz was bitching because Martin actually brought his fist back and slugged him in the fucking face. And he did do that. Martin of the Griffins did punch him in the fucking face. So Gauntz is like, well, why didn't we fight? You know, I mean, Jesus. And then he goes, uh, and the ref, and the ref uh, gave them roughing penalties. And Gauntz is like, he punched me in the fucking face. He actually said, he punched me in the fucking face. And then they show the replay. And, and uh, Gauntz had said, you came back from here. And sure enough, right after that, on the big screen, they show Martin size him up and bring back this big hammock and just just bash him right in the fucking face so he thought that martin should have gotten like a double minor or five for fighting or something like that 
And uh, But no, they each got two for Ruff, which pissed Gaunts off. So he's pissed. Okay, that ends. Saturday, while the uh, Zaniacs were there, the second period ends. These two, the whistle blows, horn sounds, okay? These two get together, and they're ready to go. Unfinished business. Um, but this is rare because the horn is sounded. Typically, they uh, get you to your dressing room as quickly as possible. Uh, but it kind of got a little heated. And um, they ended up getting roughing penalties again at the 20-minute mark. So they go to the dressing room. They have time to sort this out. They cool down. 15 minutes later, the period is set to begin. Gaunt skates in, sits next to me, and he's silent, and he looks like he's going to kill somebody. The referee skates over before the period starts, and he looks in there. He goes, hey, are you going to fight? And Gaunt doesn't say anything. And he goes, if you're going to fight, make sure you do it before the whistle. Don't do it after the whistle or in the case of last period after the horn. Do it before the whistle. Drop them then. Otherwise, we're going to throw you out of the game. So the ref knows. Then he, he's, the ref skates over to Martin. And I hear, hey, are you going to fight? No answer. Well, same thing. If you're going to fight, do it before the whistle. If you do it after the whistle, you're going to get thrown out. You're going to get suspended. Okay. So you don't know that. But all you know is that sure enough, they come out of the box. And guess what happened? Yep. So it didn't take long uh, for the uh, third period to get underway. And then (laughs) these two skate out. And well, here you go. Martin. They both have a good hand. Now Martin's got the right free. Here's oh. 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 Did you see God's? God's. Watch that quick right. Watch his right hand here. And he lets go of this jersey. Comes. Oops. Hold on a second. He goes. Yeah, I clicked him. I didn't want to. He lets go of the jersey. Right here and goes under this arm and hits him right on the chin. Watch Martin's head. Those are both oh, and with a short right hand caught Martin. And Martin grabbed that right hand now as it was getting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the players banging their sticks. All right, that was uh, that that was pretty much the highlight in my opinion. Uh, the uh, Gr- Griffins kicked their ass. You all saw it. It was fun. It was uh it was a and the thing is, that team from uh, California, they're they're great. They'd only lost seven games going into that game, and they beat the shit out of us. They scored three power play goals Friday, and that was it. Our our special teams suck. But uh we ended up beating the shit out of them um on the Saturday night game. So home team wins it, Zaniacs in attendance, and then and then Okay, don't even think that this story is done because I'm saving the best part for last. I'm walking off the ice 
The Zaniacs have already left. Dean before fucking Dean. It's sick. Fuck. Before that, I'm finishing my work at my, at the scorer's table. And I hear a pounding on the glass and I look to my left and there's this uh, ghoul hanging on to my wife and smiling. And I'm like, ah, Jesus, it was terrible. And I'm like, let go of her. Please, come on. Amanda says, did Zane hear about what happened to me after Pepino's? I did hear about what happened to you. Before I get to the Pepino story, yeah, while she's driving home and a young lady in tears with no coat on, and it was zero, okay? It was so fucking cold Saturday night. Comes jumping out in front of Amanda's car, like, help me, help me. And she's hammered or on something. Amanda throws open her car and says, well, Jesus, get in here. Oh, my God. She'd have been dead, okay? Um, and Amanda drives this, what finds out her first name and where she lives, I guess. And, and took her home. Oh, and uh, yeah, Kate. Yeah. That's what it was. Kate was on the zoom with Amanda. They were like, uh, she was driving and just using the, uh, audio to speak with the group, you know? Uh, and, and then, uh, so they, they actually were, were witness to this and holy shit. That's the thing. Downtown, man, a lot of young people, they get really, really bombed or some some asshole puts something in their drink or something like that, but who knows? But it's a damn good thing that uh, you were there because she was in rough shape, to be sure. Holy fuck. Better check yourself, miss. Um, Speaking of drunk, I get to Pepino's and... uh. The group is there, and it's it's ready to pop. And um, Nick comes walking up to me, little Nick, and he says, I am fucking hammered. But he didn't seem it. He did not speak slurred. He did not uh, uh, seem to me like he was drunk. He just said he's drunk. I go, oh, okay, well, this is uh, this is the time to do it. It's a celebration. This is great. And then he says, but I'm not anywhere near as drunk as Josh over there. And I'm like, huh? At that point, Josh stands up and his chair falls. He's like, he did one of those things where his ass or his legs hit the chair and his chair falls over. And I look at him and he's like standing there. And he goes, hey, Zane. And I go, hey, Josh. Hey, Mindy. And Mindy's looking cross. And the next thing I find out, uh, Josh is, is upset. Because um, Mandy has uh, obtained the keys to the vehicle because she's a wise lady. And uh, Josh was upset at that because that's what guys do. They get drunk and then their pride gets, I'm fine. I can drive the car. It's no problem. What the fuck are you doing? You know, I'm going to fucking leave you. I'm going to get a divorce with you if you don't give me the keys. Hey, God, your pizza's coming. Hey, Eric Zanka, chair falls. I meant you took my keys. 
Oh, fucking, give me my fucking keys. What the fuck is wrong with you? I can't, you're over here. I'll drive home. Put the keys in my hand. Okay. So he's fucking bombed. And thank God, his lovely wife. Oh, Jesus. And the thing is, she's so lovely. Josh, if he had just remained, uh, you know, somewhat reasonably sober, he could have had sex with her. And she was so pretty. Holy shit. Well, that's not going to happen. She realizes the only thing that's going to happen is she's going to put him to bed. So, but we're just getting started. Don and I only stayed there about an hour, and I, I, I regret that. I apologize. But Diana was watching Jackie's dog, Cece, and she was having an anxiety attack about getting home with the dog. The dog had, also has anxiety, and it was fucking terrible. Anyway, that's a side, side story. That's why we left so early. But, um, so, wait a minute. Uh, let me, I wrote a couple of notes down of things that I had to touch on on this. And... uh yeah, so um, Nick bombed, Kyler bombed. Now Kyler's loud and and obnoxious when he's sober. Um, when he's drunk, if you could be talking, okay, if your doctor showed up at Pepino's and was telling you that he got the results back from the test, you have cancer. Like if he's talking to me and say, Eric, I found out. You have cancer. Your body's riddled with cancer. You're going to die. I don't know why he'd tell me there. But even if he was, Kyler would burst in and go, Hey, want to see my dick? Or something like that. He would just, he just, it's a blurt machine. Okay? Holy shit. Um, so he's shit-faced. Um, Kevin Kuypers is a slurrer. Nick doesn't seem drunk. Kyler does because he blurts. Kuypers is a slur machine. You put one beer in that guy, and he's like, hey, how are you, man? I'll f- fucking have no more beer, bug. So he's slurring. Pellerito's just laughing at everybody. And Josh is pouting. He's like wandered away to a corner, and he's uh, 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 humming the song, Everybody Hurts, while his wife is looking at him, tapping her foot. At how shit-faced he is. Okay. Um, and I guess, you know, he's not going to remember. He's at this point blackout drunk. Um, the next thing I know is where jo- uh, Josh had a problem standing and the chair falling over, which I helped him pick up. The next incident is he was in the chair and then he fell back on the chair and is he and the chair are laying on the ground. He's laying on the ground of Pepino's and I'm like, Holy shit. And everybody's laughing at him. And they're just like, Oh, you're the guy. You're the one. You are the, you are the one they will speak of. Yes. Woo. That was spectacular. Hmm. Just a uh, absolute hilarious thing. Uh, uh, Go Josh. uh, Go was there from the Griffins. I appreciate him being there. That was fun. It uh, it just kind of unfolded into its own little scene. I have no idea who had sex with who after. But um, Josh and Mendy 
hosted Patriot Nick and uh, Ashley. So they kept joking about a pineapple flag. Now, I don't know if that what that means. I've just heard stories that if you have a pineapple display outside of your residence, that means you want fresh swinger dick. But I don't know that to be sure. Uh, there was all sorts of references to it during the night. I'm not sure that uh, that that actually happened. Uh, Nick says he vomited on his pillow that night. Josh was the man. The only thing missing from that episode was a green Zoom box around him and a recording. Um, I'm so glad that you didn't fucking do the Keith Moon and uh, uh, ch- uh, choke on your puke. That's about it. That's all I can report. And the next day, there was some uh, mystery as to what happened from some of you. But all in all, good fun. I cannot wait until y'all get back here in the summer. It's going to be a blowout. Please go easy on my neighbors. The hallelujahs. Okay? And that's, you know, for anybody that gets out of hand, I might have to send you home or call you a cab or whatnot. Just getting out in front of that. All right. Great, great fun. I posted on Patreon this weekend, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. That was great. Uh, I also posted a free view for those of you who uh, uh, get your content on the free podcast platform. But if you uh, would be so inclined, if you're feeling like it, Uh, If you need more to listen to, that's why I do the Patreon. Now, it uh, it isn't uh, there has no there's no sponsors on the Patreon. It's all uh, powered by your dollars and cents. So thank you very much for that. And if you like this free podcast and you're thinking I need more to listen to, a couple hours every day is just not getting me through my workday. Well, um, I'm I'm giving you um, 15 hours a week of Patreon. So. That averages out to three more a day. So that means uh, I've got you for five hours a day on my podcast platforms. That might help get you through what you need to get through. Now, the Patreon daily bonus podcast is an extension of this one. It is just this with no commercials. Um, So it's kind of like uh, that each and every day. Not to mention, there is the Lost Zane recordings, which I public uh, publish twice a week from my old radio show on BBL. The Lost... Uh, I'm sorry, I am really struggling here. Smarter than a former drug dealer trivia with Dale. In fact, Aram is taking on Dale tomorrow in trivia for $75. Aram has already said that if he wins, he's giving the money to Harbor Humane. That is very sweet of you. The Insane Asylum, my two-hour music-driven radio show on Northern Michigan's Q100. You get that before it airs and without commercials. And then the aforementioned Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. I suggest just trying it for one month. Because if you're like, well, I don't even listen to it. Or I hate it. uh, Or Zane pissed me off because of his opinion about COVID. If you're that simple-minded. Uh... 
then you're only out five bucks or 10 bucks. Five bucks is all the audio. 10 bucks is all the audio video live streams. If you like it, though, convert it to a yearly and I will save you 10%. And any of you can convert to a yearly anytime. Some of you are like, nah, I like it month to month. I don't want to drop that much cash that uh, all at once, which is fine. Whatever you want. Or, or do nothing. I don't give a fuck. I would love to have you there. But if you don't, I don't give a shit. Thank you for your time anyway. Enjoy the free one and then we'll call it good. The Open and this podcast, however is powered by sponsors. Tag accounting. It's tax season. Have the certified public accountant, Troy Ginzer, do your taxes. He is based here in West Michigan, but he services people all around the United States. 616-301-9516. You're going to love this. You're going to love the red carpet treat the red carpet. <laughs> the red carpet treatment you get when it comes to doing your taxes. I know that sounds crazy. But you're dealing with the professional. It's hard to believe that um uh the whole business of doing this yourself is a thing. I mean, come on, man. You could seriously get yourself into hot water if you do it yourself. And you're probably screwing yourself on the amount of money that you get back. Don't miss any of those details. Just have Troy do it. Call 616-301-9516. Barb or PJ will answer the phone. Barb runs the office. PJ is kind of like the gopher. Troy is busy working his ass off on returns. You can also go to their website, tagcpa.net, and all the contact info is there. Hands in on the website. By the way, I got a hands in on the website image from Mike Ball. Sent me a screenshot from uh, the Striders website, the running shop that I uh, frequent. Their website has hands-in stock footage. If you see a hands-in page on a web page, I would love to see it. That's what people do nowadays. If you, this is what you do. If you do hands-in on your website, make it like all black hands. And when I say black, I mean like Kenyan runner hands. Because, I don't know, just to be different, especially in this white portion of the state. Sorry, I'm kind of going all Joe Rogan here. Boy, are we going to talk about Rogan. We are going to unpack Rogan like you wouldn't believe here. I've got so much Joe Rogan shit coming up here that you're going to be like, holy fuck, it's like the Joe Rogan show. I can't wait to unpack this. I get excited when I hear about people in hot water. I really do. Because I like to uh, pay attention to it and then give you my thoughts on it. That's, that's what I'm paid. That's what you pay me to do. Tell you how I feel. And I'm going to do that today. I got a uh, phone call um, from Rick from TC Paintball. I think I'll save that. I'm going to save that, actually. Oh, my God. He is the biggest Joe Rogan honk 
in America. Oh, my God. Uh, it's some guy on TikTok. See, I'm sure he's pretty uh, popular. He, uh, he posted this. This is apart from all of the uh, Rogan stuff that is currently the hot button thing, all the racist shit. About the anti-vax shit or all of the uh, misinformation and everybody bitching and yelling about Rogan and, uh, uh, you know, all this, um, all, all the discussions he's had on his show about with having people who are from the medical community to uh, go against vaccines and, and whatnot. I mean, it's a long history. Well, this guy, this dude on TikTok went back in time um, less than two years ago. And pulled a clip from Joe Rogan that is so fucking damning. It's incredible. And what's interesting about the whole Rogan thing is um, all of this material that is fucking him up right now is in plain sight. It just took someone to go back and listen to it. And wow, it that's that's kind of a story in itself. How everybody is playing his own words to make him look like a schmuck. Now, I'm not indicting anybody in any way and saying right or wrong or this or that. Well, I guess I kind of am. You'll have to wait and see when I get to it. But listen to what this guy did. Now, if you listen to Rogan, um, like Rick, he called me up and he's like, uh, he's he says, um, yeah, of those two guys that he had on that everybody is bitching about, have you listened to those shows? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And he goes, well, you got to listen to those shows to hear what they have to say. And I said, okay. And then I, I, I did, I didn't listen to them all, but I formed an opinion. I said, my only problem with Rogan is when he brings on these people who say the opposite point of view is he is so in the weeds. Uh, he can't really challenge them. He can't play devil's advocate. So he comes off as like almost endorsing them. He doesn't say shit. You know, he almost like says yes. And to them. And, that to me is probably what a lot of people have problems with, but I digress. Listen to what this guy does to Rogan. I'm going to say something that is going to make one, most of you want to swipe past this, but then I'll explain. <laughs> the last 90 seconds of this video is going to be a clip from the Joe Rogan show. Wait, <laughs> wait on March 10th, 2020, Roughly three, four days before. Well, I'm out in San Francisco. That was three or four days before everything out here shut down. 23 months ago. COVID. Joe Rogan interviewed a doctor, uh, a disease expert, infectious disease epidemiology, a guy named Michael Osterholm, uh, who's, I think he's from, uh, works out of Minnesota. And he's awesome. He's, he's a straight shooter and he tells it like it is. And Rogan had him on and, and he interviewed him. Uh, and this is when Osterholm was like, this is going to be bad. There's going to be like 600,000 dead Americans and everybody lost their fucking minds. Um, but the clip that I'm going to tag on to the end of this is Joe Rogan talking about how amazing, miraculous and valuable vaccines are. It was less than two years ago. He's lost his mind with all that Spotify money. No, and so that's what we need to do here. We need to just have straight talk. Don't tell them it's low risk. That's like the hurricane, okay? You know, I would be really mad at you if I thought you were a hurricane forecaster and you knew this was coming, but you kept telling me, oh, it's low risk. Don't worry about it. Right. 
Yeah, once it hit. Yeah, so that's what we need to do today is just say this is going to be challenging. And we're going to get through it, though. We are going to get through it. I hope this wakes people up to the value of vaccines, too. There's so many wackos out there that think that vaccines are, you know, a scam or they're dangerous or it's there. There are so many people out there that won't vaccinate their children. I know. And that's one. You know, one of your best shows you ever did was Peter Hotels. Yeah, He's a so dear friend of mine. Guy. He's a, I do, too. He's a dear friend of mine, as you. And, you know, he is one of the champions out there on this very issue. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's really an important point that, you know, we got to get this idea. These vaccines can be life saving. If we had one right now, think how different. The situation will be in the world right Thank you for what you do say about vaccines, because people listen to you, and we need every positive voice, because we have so many crazy yeah. voices out there right now so that many are so are paranoid and yeah. d- d- delusional, and they want it all to be a conspiracy. There's been an amazing medical innovation in in human culture, and that's vaccines. It's amazing what it's done, and ha- have there been adverse refect- effects on people? Of course, everything. Everything that people do, there's some people that are going to react in a bad way. It doesn't mean it's not a positive thing. Yes! Correct! Correct! I said that to Rick, and I go, yeah, is this going to result in his third video where he's uh, spinning shit? Can we get an unprecedented third video from Joe Rogan trying to explain to the world what he meant to say? Oh, 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 no. What happened, big guy? Oh, no. And I don't, honestly, it doesn't, it, 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 all I'm curious about is I'm just, I'm Michael Jackson meme eating the popcorn. I don't care that he felt that way two months ago and he's, he speaks differently now. I, I, I'm not here to stick my finger in his eye or your eye. I just, I'm enjoying the theatrics of this because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, none of us knows what the fuck is going on. Okay. This is too good. Yes. Wow. I, I'm just, I'm only anxious in the response. And, and boy, do we have response. And I'll get to that. I haven't even gotten to the big news about Rogan. Oh, God. Okay. Back to my sponsors. This is why you don't stop. This is why you don't bounce through the sponsors. Because I did tag accounting. And then I went off on a Rogan rant. Well, actually, I take it back. I didn't go off on a rant. I just played Joe Rogan. Uh, talking from two years ago about the importance of uh, if only we had a COVID vaccine. (laughs) Okay. It was a wonderful time at Bosco's pub. That's what uh, got my uh, one of my uh, favorite weekends in memory rolling. And that was all of you again. Uh, By the way, I forgot to mention Chris Bruinsma was with us at um, Pepino's. Um, And He was also at Bosco's, and so was Kyle Ryan. Thank you very much. Uh, Bosco's Pub, though, 
on Chicago Drive in Hudsonville, open for lunch and dinner and on into the night, Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, stop by for a drink or a burger or maybe a boscarita. Wait a minute. Isn't that what it's called? Um, I don't know. They've got funny names for things. Um, and then on Monday and Tuesday, they open at 430. Bosco's Pub in Hudsonville, Michigan. Please go there and mention me. I love your food. I heard about you from the Eric Zane Show podcast. If you are in Hudsonville, Michigan, obviously this is very uh, for, for the local crowd only where I'm located. Um, part of Terra Square in Hudsonville, Michigan. If you need to uh, find it out specifically online for directions, just go to boscospub.com or search them out on uh, Google. And uh, there you go. Okay. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And then there's, of course, Frank Fuss, MyPolicyShop.com Insurance. Frank is a licensed independent insurance agent slash broker. Um, I, you know, I've gotten so used to explaining what it is that Frank does. I know there's a number of things that I park on each day. And today I want to park on a supplemental insurance policy. That sounds boring and shitty, but it's incredibly important. And I had a discussion with Jacqueline again today, yesterday. And uh, she says, Dad, I tweaked my knee when I was playing soccer. I go, well, you're, you're going to destroy it again. And um, uh, the way your insurance is now, it's through your workplace, right? She goes, yeah. I go, well, when you destroy it again, uh, and then they have to actually put a whole new knee on, and that $200,000 surgery hits, um, your workplace insurance is shit. Most are, you know? Uh, your employer tries to woo you with, ah, oh, what benefits? You've got employee insurance. I'm paying for your insurance. But the insurance itself is a shitstorm. You're looking at this prescription plan. You're like, what? Or this copay amount? Or 80-20? How about that one? Yeah, when you meet your uh, deductible, the deductible is only $500. It's great insurance. It's not. It's... uh. You pay 20% of your uh, cancer treatment. Oh, that's a fucking game changer. That's a, that'll wreck your life. You're going to declare fucking chapter 11. Don't fall for that shit with your employee in, with your employer. Get a supplemental insurance policy to fill in the gaps. They're not expensive. And boy, you'll be, that's when you go to the hospital and they say, Oh, okay. Yeah, we we got your insurance card. Do you have any supplemental insurance, by the way? By the way, and you go, no, no, no. I don't. I've got my, my one that my employer gave me. Oh, okay. In the back of their mind, the lady who is, you know, wh- while you're bleeding out, she's getting your insurance info. Uh, she's like, oh, no problem, no problem. She's thinking to herself, this guy's fucked. Bankruptcy right here. Get a supplemental policy. You're gonna have a horrible time. Call or text Frank, 616-914-4070. Anywhere in the U.S., buy a supplemental insurance policy from Frank. 
Now, when I say anywhere in the U.S., what I mean by is he'll tell you if he can help you because in some states he's not licensed, but I'm too lazy to find out which ones. So call him anyway, and he'll tell you if he can help you. And if he can't, he's going to get you in touch with someone who can, who can do the same damn thing. Okay, one of his uh, one of his uh, cohorts in the insurance biz, 616-914-4070. Call or text Frank Fuss and say, Eric Zane sent me. I need a supplemental insurance policy. Please tell me all about it. That's all you do. I explained that to my daughter, and it's just in one ear and out the other. It's like, when are you going to start to adult? Okay, you're a big girl now. You have your own insurance. Come on. Damn it. I started the show without a jug of water. That's awful. Welcome in on Twitch. If you're just getting here right now, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. This week, I posted about it on uh, Facebook, is Fireversary. The biggest of Fireversaries that I have. Leaving Cumulus was, uh, was a good one. On January 4, getting fired from Cumulus because two days later I was podcasting. So that's huge. This fireversary, you know, there was uh, there wasn't a long feeling of uh, of um, there was a long period of anxiety following this fireversary, which is technically February. 16, 2016, February 16, 2016 is Fireversary from uh, GRD. And, um, you know, obviously I've gotten over that. Um, and I, I, I talked about it on Facebook and I, I think I, I just want to read from that and then, um, uh, jump around from there at, um, at all of this. And I I sat down yesterday and I actually thought that yesterday was the anniversary of my last day on the air because, um, you know, it was last day on the air and then I got suspended. And then technically I was still an employee until the 16th of February when I was, no, wait a minute, until the 12th, I take this all back, it was the 12th of February, Friday, that I was fired, but it wasn't announced until the 16th of February, 2016, on the radio. No one mentioned it until then. But um, actually, let me start with this. The whole story. Wednesday, February 3rd. In the evening, I met my brother, Norman Bummer, at Olive Garden on the east side of Grand Rapids. He was in town. We had, we shared a meal. After that, I was going to the drive basketball game, then known as the Grand Rapids Drive. As soon as uh, I got there, um, we were ready to go, and then the game started. The shot clocks did not operate. One operated. The other one did not. And we couldn't figure out what was up. Time passed. Joel Langloy, the owner of the Deltaplex, showed up trying to uh, figure it out. He got onto a ladder and 
went up, was trying to unplug the fucking thing, and it was hilarious to see. You know, I mean, typical minor league basketball type of thing. The Deltaplex has a reputation, too. So, in my mind, I'm formulating a storyline for the show. Um, now, truth be told, the Deltaplex is a fine facility, and uh, I don't want to get myself uh, canceled again. Uh, it, uh, But at the time, I let it become the fodder of my uh, bit that I did the following day. Made even more funny when the referee comes up and he goes, You there! I need you to stare at this shot clock, and when it gets down to 10 seconds, when the team is on the other end of the floor because their shot clock is not working... I want you to start counting down from 10 into the PA. 10, 9, 8. So everybody will be looking one way, and I'm staring at the shot clock with a microphone. 10, 10, 9, 8, 7. That's my job. Terribly embarrassing. So that's funny. The next day comes. That is Thursday the 4th. I tell this story. While telling that story, um, Joel somehow gets in my brain as the guy I need to make fun of in this story. It's his fault. His buildings are, you know, making terrible buildings a piece of shit. Oh, look at it. He's standing around in his stupid uh, Lee Dungarees jeans. Oh my God. I, of course, wasn't swearing. It wasn't nearly as abrasive as I'm making it now, but uh, I was dogging him over it. No big deal. He took a hit. He took a lump. Take your lump. You know, it was a bit. Well, that ends. I didn't think shit of that. The show ends. I didn't for a second think anything was wrong. There was a lady in the studio there named Lindsay. I don't know who she was. Uh, she was in there uh, uh, as a, she had won a charity, uh, was able to enjoy the show. She saw all this happen. <clears throat> show ends. Door opens. It's Russ, the general manager. And um, he goes, oh boy, I'm going to get a call. And that was his way of, I mean, of handling it. You know, it's like he he's going to wait until someone complains before he does anything, I guess. I don't know. I go, you, what? What about what are we talking about? Yeah, I bet you Joel's going to be upset about that. And I go, yeah, yeah, whatever. I didn't. I didn't. I never took this guy seriously. He was impossible to take serious about anything. Um, but he was serious. So, all right, that's that. And I didn't think anything of it. I go home. And I'm still, I, I have forgotten the interaction. I've forgotten what I did. I go home, three o'clock, phone, Russ. Yep, yep, he called, he's pissed, you're in trouble. Oh boy. So this was hot on the heels of months earlier when um, the there was a commercial from the Michigan Department of Health. It was not a public service announcement. It was a commercial, a paid advertisement from the Michigan uh, Department of Health. And it was one of these, um, uh, there is hope for uh, AIDS. You, uh, there is a, a shining light. We can help you get through AIDS. And there's like this guy on there and he goes, I have AIDS, but my life is not over. And I will defeat AIDS. And it was super solemn. And it's got this uplifting music in it. And then the audience would hear Peter Griffin sing. You have hates. Da, 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 da. I'm here to tell you, boy, that you have hates. And I had been doing this for years. For 
years to uproarious laughter every time. Hot Wings and I would howl. Greg, not so much. He was pretty pragmatic. And he would oftentimes be like, you should not do that. And But I was kind of like a bull in the china shop. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to do it. And this is fun. And I love it. And nobody said shit up to this point. So I don't give a fuck. I'm doing it. And he would always, and he was right. Uh, he would always be like, well, I don't know, guys. This is, and then always <laughs> not are dying. We're just fucking hit the button. Yo, have AIDS. Uh, uh, we had a drop of Liam Neeson saying, um, I've got full-blown AIDS. And then there's another clip of another comedian saying, I think it's uh, Louis C.K. saying, yeah, would you please just die of AIDS? Now that is so fucking funny. You have would have to be, I mean, of course I don't want anybody to die of AIDS, but this all goes back to make these fucking people laugh. Do whatever you need to do. It doesn't matter. If they laugh, it doesn't fucking matter. Make them laugh. Make them uncomfortable. Do this. Go for it. And don't let up. And when they complain, do it more. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. You add into the mix that our show had the juice. We could do whatever the fuck we wanted and nobody was going to bat an eye ever. Be I, my dear, uh, one of my people who, one of the guys who brought us to the radio station is Phil Catlett. I've talked about this before. He was a tremendous general manager. He uh, led us to great heights because of the suggestion that we stop playing music. And boy, was he right. We did not want to do that. We we're very scared about that. But he goes, oh, just slowly but surely uh, weed out the music and just talk in and out of the segments. And people will, more people will listen. And he was right. Thank God for that. It's uh, one of the driving catalysts to make the show what it became a successful talk show. I'm playing. Will you please die of AIDS? And if I, I'm, I'm using that as an example, but uh, whenever I got in trouble, Phil would just fucking fix it. I'm like, and he might say, Oh boy, you, you really got yourself into a pickle there, Eric Zane, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. He's making money hand over fist the radio stations, fucking licensed to print money. It's fucking awesome. So, you know, I mean, it's a very fertile environment to be a cock. Uh, new ownership. There's a couple of factors that uh, writing on the wall for your old pal, Eric. Cosan takes over on the syndication. We were self-syndicated before, but then Peter takes it over. And Peter's a little bit more concerned about the direction of the show and, you know, our attitudes and how we treat callers, which I loved. I mean, okay. If I'm there doing that show and some cock calls with the most boring or the most, or a call that is a lie, um, it is then my duty to say, this is stupid and you're an idiot. Shut up and hang up on them. That's fun. And that's what the audience loved. If I just sat there and went, okay, well, uh, thanks for the call, uh, you're going to hate me. 
So, you know, we, we, I would do that. And Peter didn't like that at all. He didn't like, um, he didn't like the language. Some of the drops were a problem. So, you know, uh, the landscape is changing before my eyes. Um, you bring into the mix, this company is sold to town square and, you know, Phil Catlett leaves. We're trying to find the right leadership. We find this guy, Russ. Russ is different. It's not what I'm used to. So now I've got I'm these things. This is all based on years of looking back on this. I wouldn't have been able to tell you this years ago. You know. And I'm still me. I'm still a fucking idiot. And that was the behavior that was rewarded handsomely for so long. Well, no. Now, oh boy. So when I'm playing, you have AIDS. Um, Russ calls me and he goes, we got a phone call. We call it. We got a call from a guy who's got AIDS and he's pissed. And so Russ is by the book. Phil was, I'm going to do what I can on my own and fix it. Russ is not. So I got in trouble for the AIDS thing and they, uh, they suspended me for that one. And then, uh, all right, sign a, be a die to sign a document that said, I will never, ever be a fuck up ever again. I will never, ever piss anyone off as long as I live. And it lasted for a year and four months. And then the Deltaplex incident. So Russ calls me at home. I know I'm, this is a long story, but I enjoy telling it. And uh, he says, yeah, boy, yeah, Joe called you. And, and he was mad. He was actually sounded mad, which is impossible to have happen. But he did. He managed. Um, you're going to be on the air tomorrow and you're going to make an apology. Now, I also made an apology for the AIDS thing. And I made an apology to Joel. And I'm here to tell you now that I am not sorry about anything. I only said sorry because they told me to say sorry. And... um those were not intended to be mean. It was just intended to do my job. So I take back all apologies. They were bullshit. I was just doing that because I was scared shitless and afraid I was going to get fired. Um, I do this apology. It's awkward. That was at like 9 a.m. Uh, Ray Bentley comes in to talk Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is in two days. Denver Broncos were playing it. That's all I remember. Uh, we have this big meeting. And uh, it's me, Russ, Tom, the operations manager at the time, Greg, Chris, Joe, Steve, and oh, God. <laughs> Talk about going around the room. Every single member of that show and management in that room you know that uh, there's a, a, a you might have this in your toolbox. It's um, it's it's a it's a heavy gauge wire with a little wire. It's like a pipe cleaner, but made of wire. And you, uh, I think, if you're in plumbing, you use something like this, and you have a motion of like back and forth. Well, my asshole was the copper tubing, and they had that tool, and they went up my asshole. And turned it numerous times. I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. Oh. And, and they're just like, oh, my God. They're just killing me. I'm like, oh, 
fuck? And then they all leave. And uh, Russ says, you're suspended. All next week, you're out. And then we'll let you know if you still have a job. So I go, okay. So they, I got fucked hard. And uh, I walked out of there. Like, oh, shit. So then that was it. Now, I bring this all up because I'm at a point now where it's like, eh, I can laugh about it. And I hope you're laughing about this story, too, because I talked about it on my Facebook post because somebody actually asked me a question and I answered honest, uh, honestly. And someone said, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you change anything? And I answered honestly. I go, you know, I would say prior to the podcast, even maybe in the early stages of the podcast. I would have uh, I would have gone back to that, but I'll tell you now honestly that if uh, if anybody wanted me to do radio for them, or if uh, it would never happen, but if they said, "Hey, we want you to come back on this show," I would not do that. It's it's whatever. It's you you move on. You've I've built this thing here, and I've uh, got these incredibly close uh, um, audience members. I don't even like calling them audience members anymore. My friends, it's fucking great. No. I love the way things are right now. So it all worked out. It's all good. It can only be looked at now, uh, looked back on and laughed at. That's what this is. It's now funny. And I even see people now who are not over it. When I made that post on Facebook, uh, who are still very, very upset about how it all unfolded. And it's like, oh, come on now. Honestly, you, you... Everything is good. Everything is fine. I wrote, it's another fireversity as a first re as it was six years ago yesterday that I did my last show with FBHW. I didn't actually get fired on that day. It was yet another suspension over the shot clock, making fun of Joel's pants fiasco. The suspension was for a week. The whole week was a big bummer coming to grips with what I figured what was next. Friday, February 12th was when I got called back into the station to be fired. Speculation was rampant at this point. All the people were talking online. Where's Zane? Where's Zane? The weekend came and went. Uh, Monday arrived and the show was suspiciously off for, of all things, President's Day. Uh, Tuesday came and I was laying in my bed listening to the announcement made on the radio that I was fired. And that was it. Then I wrote, I wouldn't change a thing. Ups and downs, good times and bad. More suspensions at my next job. Another firing. And after all that, I'm happier now than I've ever been. My audience are my friends. We've become super close. And I love them, despite half being anti-vaxxers. I was in no way capable to start a podcast on my own three years ago. Yet your encouragement and support has made me more confident. Thanks for that. I'm very grateful. I'm lucky and I count my blessings every day. Being home, doing the show has given me a ton of flexibility for things I'd not be able to do if I had a real job. Special thanks to the love of my life, Pooh Bear, for yelling at me when I behave like a child. Also, thank you to her, my kids, and the NFK, who doesn't know he's referred to as the NFK, for the constant supply of storytelling material. Much love, your old pal, Eric. So that is that. I will say, though, looking back on that week, oh, my God, that did throw me into the world of, of anxiety and depression. And it's, it's weird to think that that can do that because, you know, I was, uh, you know, had no cares in the world prior to uh, um, getting fired. No, um, 
nothing holding me back, nothing to uh, cause me any bit of anxiety. But then all of a sudden, that uncertainty made me, um, my body has changed. It caused a massive anxiety attack, which led to depression for us for a bit. Uh, thoughts of suicide, of all things, more than once during those weeks. Got through it. Thank God for the medication and uh, some encouragement from my uh, counselor. Uh, and it, that's that that became that's that's what I got out of the deal. Uh, I also got uh, more than a hundred thousand dollars. Thank you, Greg and Chris, for dividing it up fairly. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, well, we had built the company to a certain point. Basically, they just went, all right, here's what's in the bank. We're going to give you a third. How's that sound? All right, I'll take it. Thank you. Um, well, you had to. It was one third mine. But anyway, um, and I got anxiety, depression out of the deal. But that's all good now. I fixed it. We're fine. And I owe a lot of that to you. Thank you for always supporting me. And not letting me down and putting up with me when I act like an asshole. So there you go. In a nutshell, that is the fireversary. I uh, seriously, I look back on these things as um, positives. No shit, no shit, man. Because I just sat here for the last hour and twenty-seven minutes and talked about the joy you've brought me, the friends, the family. Uh, the ups and downs, the storytelling that goes along with that. I've, I've got sponsors all over the place who've come out of the woodwork and uh, um, continue to support me. And, you know, the Patreon thing. Holy shit. I got I have no complaints. I am willing to do the work to um, to keep doing this and I'll do it for as long as I can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Where are we? Uh, you too can become a sponsor just like Rick from TC paintball. I'll get to him in a second. If you are thinking about, um, wanting to get some marketing done, reach out to me, Eric at ericzaneshow.com, And I'll tell you how it works. Rick from TC paintball, him and I are getting set to announce our next date for paintball war 18. All right. The last one was an unbelievable success with nearly 40 of you in large part uh, thanks to the uh, the Honduran for bringing 22 of his people. Actually, it might have been more than that. Thank you so much. Uh, TCPaintballGR.com if you want to book an event. Rick reaches out to me uh, half flustered because of my discussions about Rogan. I'm like, dude, come on the fuck what do you want me to do not not take a stand rick's always trying to pin me down in hypocritical moments he always does this every month or so a couple of months i uh, get him calling me out about something and then I, I i set him straight kick his ass out the door kick him in the back get out of here tcpaintballgr.com the latest one i sent him that clip of the one i just played you and i still haven't heard back from him Hey, what do you think about this one, Rick? You ding dong. Uh, book a party at TC Paintball. Whether it's the neighborhood kids, the dads, uh, the bachelor party, the bachelorette party, uh, workplace experience, team building, you can do it all at TC Paintball. And man, they do not let you down because uh, 
They make it all so easy. Basically, all you got to do is walk in there dressed like the way I dress every day. And, uh, you know, they're going to hook you up with the mask, high-quality rental gun. I mean, seriously, they're great. They have great rentals there. They did not go cheap on the rentals. And then the bag of paint, all included in the cost, and then the field time. The matches are refereed, and it is awesome. TCPaintballGR.com. Uh, I've got a uh, client that installed a sponsor that installs flooring. It is Bennett Flooring Installation. And uh, uh, back to my basement, I, after I um, had some free time after the big get together this weekend, I, I am only 12 pieces of wood, 12 door casing pieces away from the sanding work being done. And then I'm transitioning to taping. I'm telling you, it's going down. Eventually, Jacob and Jason Bennett are coming over to my house to the basement to install the flooring. I suggest doing it this way, taking care of all of the grunt work yourself. That's going to save you a ton of cash. You can have Jacob and Jason do it if you like, but if you want to save the cash and have it still look as professional as anything, uh, look the most professional, do it yourself. Call up Jacob and Jason, 616 616- 318-0167 or text them say Zane sent me come measure if you're in West Michigan this is what you want to do 616-318-0167 for Bennett flooring installation and as we get closer to Easter uh, the Easter bunny is going to be delivering a flooring install to a needy individual so um, I recently deleted all of my emails in my inbox You will have to start from scratch if you did not receive flooring in the last giveaway. You'll have to resend. Subject line, flooring giveaway or Bennett or something like that. So if you sent one in the past, you might want to send it again. I haven't yet uh, started officially talking about this, but that is coming. So you're all in the running. If you've sent one in the past, um, we've had two people get flooring installed, two families. It's going to happen again. Uh, my friends at full house comedy are reminding you that they are the only venue for comedy in West Michigan. And if you go to fullhousecomedy.com, Dwayne Gill is appearing this week, Wednesday, he will increase the population of black people for one night up to from zero to one. Let's see. Is he also appearing? Yes, he is appealing up uh, appealing. He is appealing on, uh, he is appearing appealing on Saturday, February 12th for what is this? Muskegon Oak Ridge senior mystery party fundraiser. Oh, I know what this is. This is at Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon. So if you go to that show, it's at your your uh, cost to get in is going to uh, help fund the uh, school fundraiser. Big Dick Donnie Veltman does that all the fucking time. Very cool. Um, there's more than one venue, though, for Full House Comedy. The Grand Rapids Comedy Club, part of Creston Brewing, it has Thursday, Steve Trevino. Also Thursday, Mike Cannon is live at the Rockford Corner Bar. So eat a hot dog, go to the Corner Bar. 
All right. Everything else is listed at fullhousecomedy.com. Robert Kelly Park Theater in 10 days. Thursday, February 17th. Uh, B-E-C-M-C-K on Twitter. You look new because you've got the green EZ badge. I think this might be your first time making comments on, uh, on my Twitch stream. Welcome to you. Do I know you? That's the thing about Twitch. I'm always like, who are these people? Uh, sometimes I just don't know who it is. But uh, welcome. I see Sticks Swim Champ is here. Uh, Sticks Swim Champ. I actually featured him on the show uh, during the whole Joe fiasco with, uh, oh, God. Well, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, he was on. Um, he's kind of like, he's one of those um, listen to both shows, like both shows still. Which I get that. And I actually, that's good. Um, just as long as you listen. I don't care. I don't have any, I don't care if you listen to both shows. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at comments now to like buy time waiting for my freaking iPad to charge. In fact, let me go to the, uh, let me go back to the Facebook post that I, uh, that I did. And I was happy because I didn't get too many people calling me an asshole, which always Shouldn't bother me, but it does. Um, Andy O'Reilly, who does what I'm doing, but well before I ever started doing it. And a longtime radio veteran. Uh, he makes a great point. He writes, I too at one point thought that a radio tower was the reason I was successful. He says, authenticity taught me different. And I'm happy for you, man. Dennis G, who's a terrific listener, audience member. Uh, it says, I have fond memories of listening to you on KLQ, Andy. That was a, that was good radio fun back then. In my humble opinion. Um, thanks for everything. Eric Brian writes. I saw you at the Griffins game last night. You're a great entertainer and you have helped me through some stuff over the years by staying true to yourself. Jimmy suggests I do a show with Joe Volk and do a podcast together. And unite the original poor boy back together. Those were some funny days back in the 90s at Z93. Yes, but this is, this is the thing with me. Um, the most chemistry I feel right now, because doing the lion's share of what I do on a microphone is alone, uh, that is the most comfortable thing, without a doubt. There are a handful of people that I'm comfortable talking with. Um, it's become the Zaniacs on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. When we are all together, it's usually about the same people, give or take a few, but we've all kind of, we've done it so many times now in the past year, year and a half that that's where it seems to be. There is a certain level of uh, chemistry that is growing, uh, between the group. So they've kind of become part of the show. I also find chemistry with Stu McAllister, Jason Teary, um, and Ben, obviously. And so to just, it seems like work to just start with someone new all over again. It seems like, oh God, I don't want to. A lot of nice comments. I, I really appreciate it. Ken 
Right. Eric, you don't give yourself enough credit. Yes, the audience at the end of the day is what moves the meter, but you have to ask yourself something. Why do they keep coming back? Why do you have such a strong, loyal following? He writes, why are your supporters so dedicated to the cause? Because you give something different than the rest of the old radio heads, something different than the dime a dozen podcasters out there. You are unique, genuine, raw at time style is what sets you apart from the crowd. Be proud of that. I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is uh, that is very, very sweet to say. This one guy, Jason, writes, at least you've moved on with the uh, uh, Jim from the office meme where he's drinking the coffee, giving you the side eye like, <laughs> you asshole. Uh, a couple of, do you ever talk to the guys at Freeburn Hot Wings? Uh, of course not. No, we do not speak. We do not speak. Um, I don't see that ever changing um, in any way, shape, or form. A, I, I don't see that, but um, we, there has been so many moments where they would want to strangle me and I would want to strangle them. Too many to count. Um, such an incredibly long conversation would need to take place. And there is so much resentment. I resent them like you wouldn't believe. And it doesn't even have to do with the firing. And they feel the same way. So, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Can't, can't keep everybody happy. No big deal. Everybody's got their own thing now. Um, I actually um, don't even feel mad right now. Um, because it's I'm human. And yeah, after the most recent thing that upset me passes, you're like, who gives a fuck? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go this far with you. If, um, a mediator, like a mutual friend between us said, Hey, I'm getting you together. I would do that. I would have that conversation. I wouldn't shy away from it. Um, if I was invited to any type of um, discussion with them, I would absolutely do that. I'd be a, uh, I'd be a, I would be hypocritical. And I know Rick would love that because he was always trying to make me look hypocritical. I, I would absolutely do that. Why not? It'd be a good fucking time. I'd probably laugh. Okay. Rogan Gate. The Neil Young thing is gone. I talked about this in great detail on Patreon. And um, it centers around India Ari. Now, to be fair, Ari, she talked about she did a video and she featured the clips that I'm about to play for you of Rogan that are causing him so much trouble right now. However, in that four minute segment that she did, and you'll have to hear it on the Patreon. Um, she went into detail about how Spotify, her problem is Spotify is paying him a hundred thousand, hundred million dollars on the backs of black artists. She says, she was told, and I have no reason to think she's making it up, that most of the money that is made on Spotify is from black artists. So her point is, um, this is not right for him to make that money on black artists, according to what she says. And then she says, either take me off, and then she says <clears throat> in the clip, or pay me. In fact, I won't play the clips because I'm going to do that myself, um, of Rogan. 0.003 to 0.005. Talk about how much money she makes. Percent of a penny. 
and you take this money that you generate over here, because all the rest of it goes somewhere. The subscription fees go somewhere. So you take this money that's generated over here and you use it to invest in this guy. Do what you want. But take me off. Okay, now if she ended it there with, you know, take me off. But she doesn't. Or pay me too. Okay, that, in my opinion, is the problem with her. Everybody wants to jump on Rogan because there's clips of him saying the N-word, and it's horrible, and I'll get to that in a second. I'm not going to sidestep that. She just said, either take me off or pay me. Well, that's kind of like speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You would want them to pay you when they're letting him get away with saying those things? I think that the appropriate thing, you were doing great until you said, if you pay me, I'll go away. That's what she's saying there. And I don't just mean me. I mean us. Artists like me. Pay us too. So it's okay for Joe Rogan to say those things as long as us black people that he's saying these things about uh, get paid? Pay podcasters of color too. So artists... Well, okay. Relations from Spotify called me yesterday. And they asked me what I want, and I've been thinking about this all night. Money. I'm not going to say it all here, but what I want to say. Why not? Say it. To you. It's something that I already knew, but I want you to know that they said it last night. Most of the streams on Spotify are black music. But we know that if if you're paying attention at all, you understand the role of black music in this world. So... That's a deeper nuance. There's the musicians. There's the black music that is the backbone of the whole music industry. That's the backbone of Spotify, too, who are historically underpaid and mistreated and all this stuff. Just there's a historical context here that makes all this matter. And then there's this guy and you take this money and you pay this guy who says this stuff. No. And so it took Anil Young to open the door for someone like me, but I walked through it because I've been standing at this door for a long time. One of the hashtags I put on my post, the written one was, what if we all leave? And that's what I'm trying to see if we could get to happen. What if we all leave? Then we can start having a conversation. It can go from a conversation to a negotiation. Boy, I don't know. I think she looks terrible there, and I don't even think she's aware of how terrible she looks. She just said, I need need my money, and uh, that is bullshit. I mean, if you're going to make a big stand over what he said, I think what he said is is a perfect thing to take a stand about, but you also said, pay me. Okay, so there's that. Um, Friday, this started to percolate, and then... By Saturday, Rogan had responded, which I I didn't think that this would go the way it did, but he has responded. I'm going to get to that in a second. But um, uh, this first clip, the Planet of the Apes clip, I talked about this on the uh, Patreon. I featured this clip more than two years ago because I saw Alex Jones ripped Rogan a new one. Um, and I don't know if it was a feigned uh, aggression or them just busting each other's balls or at the time they were fighting. But Alex Jones said, 
about, he said something about, he played this clip on InfoWars. This exact clip that I'm playing for you, he uh, he played. And it's, if you're triggered, it's rough. It's racist talk by Rogan describing when he was younger going to see the film Planet of the Apes and the cabbie took him and his uh, pals to a black neighborhood to see the film. And this is what he described it as to the people that were on the show with him says okay take me to this one and the guy goes okay i goes that in a good neighborhood he's like oh yeah 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 guy barely speaks english he takes us there we get out and we're giggling oh we're gonna see planet of the apes we walk into planet of the apes <laughs> we walked into africa dude we, we we walked in the door and there was no white people okay you heard the clip okay okay I, I, actually let me play the other terrible clip he plays first and then i'll play you his response to this. This is uh, a supercut of Joe Wer- uh, Joe Rogan saying the N-word. Okay? Like, you know, the nigger thing. Yeah. Saying the word nigger. Well, I- you've already said nigger. D is just like nigger. Well, saying nigger. She's calling you a nigger. It's like this boy that he's a nigger. But starts calling them niggers. Word nigger. There should be a word like nigger. Especially like the word nigger. That's our nigger. About niggers. He says nigger. Guy, a nigger. And then our niggers start saying nigger. How uh, do you use the word nigger? Out the word nigger. See nigger. Word nigger. Say nigger and you couldn't say nigger. And most nigger. Okay. Now, I don't think, I'm just going to guess, but I don't know that every single example there is not intended to um, cause a, a horrible reaction or be mean or uh, racist. I am guessing that, but I don't know because I have another clip of him making the planet of the apes joke. Now I don't give a shit what he says, what I'm about to play for you. I don't give a shit about any excuse. There is no way in hell. He didn't know better in every example that I just played for you. If that was me and I, and you happen to this surfaced on me and the same, everything else is the same. It's just me saying it. I would say the only response that is appropriate is, yeah, I talk like that. I used to talk like that. I don't anymore. I, I would just tell the truth. I wouldn't try to spin it in any way. And I kind of got the uh, vibe that he does, that he is spinning it. You be the judge because I was surprised at this. He spoke on Friday or Saturday and he looked a little bit like Dr. Evil, uh, Dr. Evil in this clip. Hello, friends. Um, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks fucking horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, 
when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. For a guy who prides himself on being so well-read and well-versed on these things, I, I don't know how the fucking hairs don't go up on the back of your neck when you say that even once. Are you telling me that with uh, millions of people, every podcast hearing your show, let's say on the very first time you said the N-word, are you suggesting that no one responded and 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 said, "Hey, Joe, that's that's kind of a shit show. What you're causing right there with your usage of the N word. I do not buy. I did not know that saying the full N word was going to be a problem. I, I, that's that's the one of the biggest lines of bullshit I've ever heard come out of a human's mouth." You just said you think that if you just say the N-word, not in a derogatory manner, it's okay? Come on, man. Holy fuck. Just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. Like that context was part of the clip we were talking about Red Fox. How Red Fox said that word on television in the 1970s. And how times have changed so much since then. Yet you're not aware of it, so you're just going to use it. Or about how Richard Pryor used it as one of the titles of one of his albums. Or I was quoting a Lenny Bruce bit, or I was quoting a Paul Mooney bit, or I was talking about how Quentin Tarantino used it repeatedly in Pulp Fiction. Or I was talking about how a Netflix executive, ironically, used it because he was trying to compare it to another offensive word. Okay, so now he's providing context for every single one of those things. Why don't you just throw in, or it was uh, use me using the word when it's become like a fucking paradox. He said it out loud, and they fired him. Not calling anybody or just saying the word out loud. Yeah, we know. He's also talking about how there's not another word like it in the entire English language because it's a word where only one group of people is allowed to use it, and they can use it in so many different ways. Like if a white person says that word, it's racist and toxic, but a black person can use it, and it could be a punchline. It could be a term of endearment. It could be lyrics to a rap song. It could be- I can't believe that was a topic on the show. The verses, hey, uh, hello, friends. Welcome to JRE. Today on the show, we're breaking down the versatility of the N-word. Come on, man. Be a positive affirmation. It's a very versatile word, the N-word. Uh, uh, let's bring in so-and-so to use it a few times. Oh, It's a very unusual word, but it's not. Yeah, I like how when he, he, the thing about Rogan is he's so calm and articulate when he's explaining anything, even when his ass is in a sling. I mean, it is in a ringer right here, and uh, holy shit, he, for him to remain calm while describing this is just incredible to me. Song, it could be a positive affirmation. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now, but for years I used it in that manner. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist, but whenever... Okay. 
people that say they aren't racist are racist. We're all a little racist. I'll tell you straight up, I'm a little racist. There's, there's, there's no way you, you can't be in the world today because we're humans. The same way a black person can be racist towards white people. We're all a little racist. And the only the people who are the most racist, in my opinion, are the ones saying, I'm not racist. I'll tell you right now, I'm a little racist. You're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist. You fucked up. And I clearly have fucked up. Okay, so now he thinks he's putting that to bed. He thinks, I just announced to the world that uh, I am not a racist. But uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that you can't use the N-word. And uh, I fucked up. So he's thinking that that's the end of it. Now he has to address where he just got done telling us he's not a racist. He has to tell us about the Planet of the Apes clip. And that's my intention to express myself in this video. To say, there's nothing I can do to take that back. I wish I could. Obviously, that's not possible. I do hope that, if anything, that this can be a teachable moment. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? This is a teachable moment? Get your fucking head out of your ass. Quit lying to me. You knew exactly what you were doing. It would ever be taken out of context and put in a video like that. He's blaming taking it out of context. That's what he's blaming. That's what he just did right there. And now that it is. Holy shit, it looks bad. Yeah, and now you're trying to fix it because now the world knows about it. This has been out there for a while. It just happened to hit the right set of ears. And it, it's part of also me doing this podcast for thousands of hours, thousands of episodes, over 12 years. I said a lot of fucking stupid shit, which is fine when you're talking about most things, but not when you're talking about race. And there's another clip that I have to address. There's a clip from 11 years ago. I was telling a story in the podcast about how me and my friend Tommy and his girlfriend, we got really high, we were in Philadelphia, and we went to go see Planet of the Apes. And we didn't know where we were going, we just got dropped off by a cab, and we got dropped off in this all black neighborhood. And I was trying to make the story entertaining, and I said, we got out, and it was like we were in Africa. It's like we were in Planet of the Apes. Okay. <laughs> I did not, nor would I ever say that black people are apes, but it. You did. You fucking did. You see, this is such bullshit. Rogan is not, he's not supposed to be the bullshit artist. He's not supposed to be the fucking phony. You know, he's been the one that you all have listened to. And oh my God, he's so real. He's so genuine. He's a fucking phony. Listen to him. If I made that joke and it came back to haunt me, I'll say, yeah. Uh, I went for the joke and I knew it was a funny joke and I went for it and it's a racist joke. That's all I can say. I was comparing black people to the people on Planet of the Apes. Funny? Of course it's funny. Is it racist? Of course it's racist. Don't tell me, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. In Africa. It's like we were in Planet of the Apes. I did not, nor would I ever say that black people are apes, but it sure fucking sounded like that. What could it be then, you asshole, you lying fuck? And I immediately afterwards said, that's a racist thing to say. Planet of the Apes wasn't even in Africa. I was just saying... 
There's yeah, that's you probably had remorse after you said it. I've been there. Said a joke and realized, oh boy. I remember one time uh, I had a racist joke when I was in Nashville. And I'll never forget it because um, the room was really dark and I stole a joke from uh, Andrew Dice Clay, a racist joke. And we were on the stage and uh, I I couldn't hardly see the... Uh, Kenny might have even witnessed this. Some of you might have even been there. Um, I said... Um, all right, uh, boy, I can't see anybody. Where are the black people at? Smile. And so, you know, whatever. People laughed. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was it was great stealing that bit. Um, it was stupid. And then the segment ends and, and Hot Wings goes, yeah, hey, man, we uh we dumped you there. I go, you did? We, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, you got to knock that racist shit off. You're going to get us all fucking fired. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I I had remorse then. I should have done that. But when you're in the moment, you do that shit. You know, my point is, you know exactly what you're doing. It absolutely was a racist joke. Don't act like you didn't fucking intend to do it. You did it and got fucking busted uh, years after the fact. A lot of black people there. But then I went on to talk about what a positive experience it was and how much fun it was to go to see this movie in a black neighborhood. It wasn't. Yeah, he's trying to justify his behavior. He's trying to talk about how, how good of a job he did, uh, even though he already made a racist joke at the first part of this. You still made a racist joke. Just own it, man. It wasn't a racist story, but it sounded terrible. And like I said, you can have clunky stories about anything, but not about race. And so I deleted that whole podcast, but obviously somebody made a clip out of it and taken out of context. It looks terrible, but it looks terrible even in context. It's a fucking idiotic thing to say. And I was just trying to be entertaining. I certainly wasn't trying to be racist. And I certainly would never want to offend someone. Okay, so now we have you calling uh, black people apes. You regularly use the N-word, but yet you're not a racist. I'm not sure you can have your cake and eat it too in this one. I don't know. I guess time will tell. What do you think? For entertainment with something as stupid as racism. My hope is that, look, I can't go back in time and change what I've said. I wish I could. Obviously, that's not possible, but I do hope that this can be a teachable moment Ugh. for anybody that doesn't realize. I never expected Rogan to be using the buzz phrases. Offensive that word can be coming out of a white person's mouth in context or out of context. My sincere and humble apologies. I wish there was more that I could say, but all of this is just me talking from the bottom of my heart. It makes me sick watching that video, but Hopefully. So just now it made you sick. It didn't make you sick all the other times, all the years it's been out there floating around. At least some of you will accept this and understand where I'm coming from. My apologies and much love. My sincere, deepest apologies and much love. Okay. Um, this is Eric apologizing because he made fun of Joel's pants. This is apologizing because the boss has spoken. 
Uh, this is was a headache that he got because he teamed up with Spotify. That's why this is happening. Had he been his own thing on multiple platforms and just making money hand over fist, this is what happens when more heads get into the mix. He probably could have sidestepped this and it wouldn't have emerged had he not gotten chummy with Spotify in the first place. But uh, phony as fuck. Phony, phony, phony. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy a second of this. This is absolute bullshit, in my opinion. Man. Um, side note. Question from. Cole, why didn't uh, back on uh, when you got fired, why didn't they dump you, Eric, when you made fun of the pants? I have no idea. That is, I cannot answer that. You would have to ask Greg that. He was in charge. Wait a minute. Was Greg in charge of the board at the time? Had he taken over running of the board? I don't know. No. No, I was in charge of the board, but I wasn't going to dump myself. I have no idea. I I don't think he, I don't think there's any, uh, uh, be- probably because it wasn't a dumpable thing to say. Uh, Nick weighs in on Rogan. Quote, I won't be held accountable for shit because I don't give a pu- fuck what people think about me. Take me as I am or go fuck ourselves. Or go fuck yourselves. Are you suggesting that's what he should have said? I think I'm reading into that right. Yeah, I definitely did run the board at the time. I could have dumped it myself, but I don't. I'm not going to dump myself. Are you kidding me? Everything I say, say is gold. Fuck that. Yeah, I was in charge of the dump. We've had moments where people have leaned over and hit the dump, but um, there you go. That is Nick's stance on cancel culture. I won't be held accountable for shit because I don't give a fuck what people think of me. Take me as I am, or go fuck yourselves. Um, I honestly think that, um, of the two choices Rogan could make, which is that stance or what he just did, I think that stance, uh, is better. Honestly, had he said, yeah, fuck you. That was a joke. I love everyone. And uh, don't give me that. Those are all out of. I would. I would. I would have pitched a fit, you know, instead of looking the way he does, which is trying to spin this thing. I think what he does didn't even help. You're. You're. You're better off owning it. You're better off just like yeah, I said it. Who gives a fuck? Whatever. Uh. Corey says, let's play a game. If you're singing a song with the N-word in it and you're in your car by yourself, do you say it or not? Or not? Everyone answer. I don't. I don't. I listen to very little music that has that. There's a song by John Lennon called Woman is the N-word of the world. Ugh. And uh, he actually says it. He doesn't say woman is the N-word of the world. He says it with the hard R. And I think he like, uh, this is uh, on the, I think it's on the two virgins album. Um, And holy shit. I'm like, fuck. 
Talk about having the juice. John Lennon had enough juice to put out a song on a record called Woman is the N-Word of the World. It was a it was a uh, a story, a song about how women are um, treated poorly or something like that. And uh, so can you imagine being like the uh, the representative from the record company? They they uh, uh, give him the uh, he, he gives them the vinyl record, the very first pressing of it. And they listen to it. They go, holy shit, what are we going to do? John Lennon, well, if we try to cut it, he's going to leave. You know, if they if they that's a, a, probably the biggest uh, example of having the juice to write that fucking song, put it out there. And they go, yeah, let's uh, let's let's, let's uh, print it up. Um, all right. So here we go. Now, this isn't quite done because ultimately, I, I don't know what happens here. I don't, you know, it, I, I'm interested in seeing how this unfolds. Um, I actually would like to hear his response to the clip I played earlier about less than two years ago, his talk about the, um, about vaccines. Um, all right. The rock. This is so crazy because The Rock had praised Joe Rogan just this past week about his explanation over his um, wacko COVID doctors he had on there when he made himself known when he was in his backyard. He did that video last week. So The Rock... um, Wrote, uh, here, I'll just read the article. Dwayne uh, Johnson says he had not been made aware of Joe Rogan's past use of the N-word. Prior to saying that he wanted to appear on JRE. Johnson discussed Rogan's resurface use of the word on Twitter. Dear at Don Winslow, thank you so much for this. I hear you as well. As well as everyone here, Johnson wrote, 100% I was not aware of his N-word use prior to my comments. But now I've become educated to his complete narrative. Learning moment for me. Mahalo, brother, and have a great and productive weekend. Johnson had originally praised Rogan following his apology regarding the coverage of the coronavirus pandemic on his platforms. Great stuff here, brother. Rock said at the time, perfectly articulated. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Looking forward to coming on one day and breaking out the tequila with you, he says. Rogan has since apologized, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so now he's out. He is, he is uninviting himself to, uh, to Rogan's show. So what's crazy, though, is while he is distancing himself, okay, people are outing him okay wait a minute i had this and now i lost it okay um he kind of made himself 
out. And then other people who had known of crazy shit he had said before when he was in character have said, well, now, wait a minute. You may be saying this about Rogan, but what about this? And so this is how it goes. So that's like, um, I would never happen. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. But if I had like indicted Joe Rogan and said, oh, that is terrible. He should be canceled. Oh my God. Then someone would then get something about something racist. I said on this show, if I were famous, but I'm not, that's what's happening to the rock here because, uh, somebody said, oh yeah, here you are on your, uh, on your high horse rock, Rocky. But, uh, what about that time that you did all of this shit? And it's like people have the supercuts ready to go. Let the rock tell you in Chinese. Okay. Chinese. Hold on, hold on. Let the rock tell you in Chinese. Uh oh. Chinese. Ding bang, ding dong, he's no go aye. Vince, does the retard understand what you're saying? Do you understand retard? Wait. Like a bloated transvestite Wonder Woman, ready to fight crime. The Rock says, Shut up, bitch! <laughs> okay. I gotta watch it again. I gotta see, I gotta see it again. Let the rock tell you in Chinese. Uh oh. Chinese? Ding bang ding dong, he's no go aye. The rock says. Vince, does the retard understand what you're saying? Do you understand retard? Wait. The rock says. Like a bloated transvestite Wonder Woman, ready to fight crime. The rock says. No, okay. You get the idea. So now he's getting canceled, or they're trying to. Holy shit. Corey says, why is the shut up bitch in there? That doesn't matter. It's true. It is true. You can pull off the bitch thing. You got to lead with the bitch crack because that's like the least offensive uh, of all of those. Holy shit. All because whose fault is this? Who is responsible for all this? Fucking Neil Young. Neil Young is responsible for every bit of this. Right now, he is 69ing Joni Mitchell. Those two are uh, so happy because this is happening. Uh, Nick, little by Nick writes, the trans community is pissed. So pissed. They've stopped lopping off their cranks in protest. Yeah. I don't think they actually cut their penises off. I think that's a horrible comment. There's a little bit, uh, there's some details in that procedure that, uh, makes it viable. There's a, uh, they, they don't just cut the dick off asshole. My God. Okay. 
Thanks again to my friends at Johnson Carpet One Discount Outlet. That is where Zaniac Kent dropped the E at a U works. Johnson Carpet One in Granville, Michigan. If you're looking for flooring, that's where you go. The discount outlet, it is priced unbelievably low because they buy it in absolute bulk. Bulk. And uh, make it available for you. Lowest price in, well, probably the Midwest because of how they do it. Not every carpet uh, and flooring place does it that way where they're able to buy in bulk, but Johnson's does. Call upon them if you are in West Michigan. A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Thank you to them. In West Michigan, if you have any problems or you need service or an install, 616-516-8579. I'm going to rattle off a bunch here. I apologize for this. I got to talking. The show's long in the tooth. Blue Frost IT, online at bluefrostit.com. The managed IT service provider for the show. If you need anything for your business tech-wise, this is who you call. 616-285-50 for Blue Frost IT. You can also get to any of the websites for any of my sponsors by going to my website, ericsaintshow.com. You got the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. 231-332-6505 if you need a mortgage. That's who you call. Horizon Hydroponics if you're growing indoors or outdoors. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N hydroponics.com. Hang on. I think I need new tape on this sign. And I'm just about to talk about Irvine's too. <clears throat> actually had to be pretty funny if you're watching that sign fall irvine's auto repair grand rapids hybrid and ev there you are sorry o'neill landed right on him uh if your car is in need of any service domestic asian european hybrid ev this is who you call irvine's auto repair grand rapids hybrid and ev if you're in grand rapids along 44th street just a few blocks east of 131 is Stafford. Call upon them. They'll fix your car. What the hell is Daisy looking at? I think she's looking at the sign that I just threw. Are you all right over there? I found out uh, yesterday that the uh, oldest bulldog to ever live lived till she was 20 years old. So I'm hoping Daisy lives till 21. That means she's got 13 more years on this earth. The average lifespan of the bulldog is eight years, which is just sickening to me. So sad. Come on, Daisy seven. Holy shit. I, oh, why did I bring that up? What is wrong with me? All right. Who is your asshole of the day? Come on. Uh, you can put your suggestions through on the uh, on the live stream. Who do you think it is? What a weekend it was with the Zaniacs. Um, Josh giving Mendy a hard time. I don't think he was in his right mind, though. What a weekend it was. The fireversary has come and gone. Rogangate. A lot involved with that. And a lot of other in-between stories throughout this podcast.
Kate says, asshole of the day, the airlines that caused Nick and Ashley's travel woes. Well, you know, they went into that knowing full well that that's pretty much the way the airlines work these days. I agree with you. That's terrible that that happened. I'm not exactly sure about the, uh, I know it took you a long time to get home. I'm sorry. Okay. But. It has got to be. It has to be Joe Rogan. I mean, come on now. First of all, what happened? Then you trying to talk your way out of it. So embarrassing. One of the worst things I've heard in a long time. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And shocking that he'd even... This is why this is serious. Because he's talking. Because he feels the need... That he has to say something. That's when you know. Because this is this is the guy who runs with Joey Diaz. And so, you know, that's the ultimate go fuck yourself. Uh, un- uncancelable type of, type of person, Joey Diaz. This is a shit show. I think he's made it worse with that horrible explanation that he attempted to pull off there. Uh, Nick says, asshole of the day is Joe Rogan. And The Rock for apologizing to the woke mob. You're right. And that's another reason why he's asshole of the day. If you'd just been honest with people instead of trying to spin it, uh, it would have been better. Uh, Kyle says, uh, actually, Sexy Voice Andrea says, can I please come over and rewrite your sponsor names on the sign so that it's readable? What? TC Paintball JM Synthetics. Can Wait, all you need to see is the TC and the JM. You know what it is, right? If I was a, a real host, I would have their logos there. <laughs> the answer for asshole of the day, says Terry Bananas, who's new here, is always stuttering, John. However, today, Joe Rogan ties for first. Rick, thank you for the sub. Uh, oh my God, Reverend Rowdy Ron just gifted a tier one sub to Rick from TC Paintball. That is very kind. Nick says, stop apologizing. Tell them, yeah, I said it. It was a different time. Go fuck yourselves. I think you would have been better off. I really do. But he's, um, you know, since he's in bed with Spotify, this is the way it is. I'm telling you. If uh, if I if Spotify came to me and offered me a bunch of money, I'd take it, but it'd be the beginning of the end for the show. It's the second you bring in the new blood. That's when it gets fucked up. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me on the radio. As soon as we got Cosan involved and Town Square bought the fucking shit show. That was the end of my time. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll be on Patreon a little while. I'd love you to be there with me. Join me, and we'll have some more fun. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Until next time, I'll be back here tomorrow with another free podcast. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.